Welcome to Cut the Bull in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben, as always, I'm hanging out with Mike. Hello, Claire. Hey. Hey. Hello. Today we're going to take you through the worst jobs in history. You think you've got a shitty job? <laughs> yeah, I've done some shit jobs in my time, but nothing you compared. Nothing, nothing I've done compares to these. Yeah. Yeah, even mine's not that bad. Right, let's, have we got, is SoundCloud working? Have we got algorithm? Probably not. Let's check. Nope. No, we haven't. Thank hey, you for listening, Thanks guys. for listening, everybody. We haven't got the list. All right, shall we start off with the Romans? Vomit collector. Mm. Do you know what? I've done that for a living. I've worked, worked at Cardiff Airport. So, the, the departure lounge. And the arrivals lounge, but more so the departure lounge. There was always vomit in the toilets. Always, the toilet. on, like on the floor or, like or by bins. Well, you're not outside. collecting it though, are no, you? No, not literally, but, but it felt like it sometimes. <laughs> well, while it's a myth that the ancient Romans had dedicated rooms for regurgitating food, it was common practice to vomit in order cons- to consume more at the feast and also to show that it was nice. If you didn't vomit, it was seen as bad manners. You haven't eaten enough. You're not eating enough. You're not eating enough. If you don't vomit, it's all you haven't eaten enough. You don't have the food. Yeah, but normally if you vomit, it's because the food's nasty, isn't it? You make yourself vomit. Make it room. Make it room for more food. That's what they were doing. Many individuals would throw up into a special receptacle or simply on the floor. Like a classy bird. Yeah. And of course, this would require the services of a vomit collector who would clean it up. Not really so much of a job. I'd imagine a slave did this. Mm. Well, yeah. In Roman times, I'd have thought so. You know, and they're just prisoners with jobs rather than employed people. Mm. Yeah, it'll just be one of the aspects of the job, won't it? Yeah, you're on on vomit duty tonight. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) But again, like Pete says, it's a job that's still needed today. In a roundabout way. Oh, taking the sick bags off the planes, that'd be a crappy job. Mm. Cleaning up at the end of a nightclub. Cleaning up the toilets after any any festival. Oh, yeah. Pretty much the same job, really. Or after the New Year's fireworks in London. Cool. That would have been awful, wouldn't it? One's got offered a job, but this is through the job centre, as emptying the the sanitary bins for like you know your period pads and whatnot. Working for like PHS or whatever. Yeah, I was like, what's the what's the wage? And they're like minimum wage. I was like, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you'd you'd want a good quid or two more an hour, wouldn't you? Yeah, minimum wage to do that kind of shit. Yeah. Empty Tampax bins, Mm, lovely. No, thank you. Well, it's like when you go abroad and like the toilets won't take the toilet paper, so you just have to throw it in the bin. To the side, yeah, Turkey. And you're like, yeah, Cyprus is the same, and you're like, that's oh. a ridiculous fucking thing to do. So, yeah. you, so you wipe wipe yourself and then put it in the bin instead of flushing. It's gonna stink the whole room. What fucking third world country is that in? That's in Turkey and Cyprus, yeah, yeah. What? And in fact, Gran Canaria as well. I think some parts of Spain, maybe. They haven't got the system to cope with the toilet paper, so they have to put the toilet paper and then when your room gets cleaned, they put, you know... Yeah, they come in and do it every day. It doesn't smell. Unless well, you... Well, for a bit, wouldn't it? Unless you've had some... You know, yeah. mine, mine, when I was out, they didn't stink the room out. It was... Well, I, I, did, I, I flushed toilet paper and I had the Japs, you know, over <laughs> there, like... Had the jappy crappy because of a bad well, kebab or whatever. Back the system up there. <laughs> I didn't give a crap. I mean, you were giving lots of crap. You were lots of crap. You won't, yeah, you, you won't give a crap when it comes back out of the toilet. Well, I, I was just like, I can't even put that in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> it's just more, it's more poo than paper. <laughs> what a lovely picture. <laughs> Moving on swiftly. Uh, I <laughs> A violin string maker. Oh, that sounds like quite a nice job, sounds, doesn't it? Sounds like you're furthering humanity's classical education, doesn't it? Plucking a few hairs from horses' tails. tails yeah. What no, a job. It's worse than that. What? <laughs> Prior to the 17th century's revolution in the technology of string making for musical instruments, the industry was decidedly more disgusting. In order to make strings thick enough to play lower notes on a violin, which at the time only had three strings... The preferred method involved twisting strands of sheep innards together. 
String makers would have to butcher the sheep very carefully so as not to rupture the stomach or lower intestines and then spend painstaking hours trimming away fatty tissue, blood vessels and muscle. Sheep guts. Right. That's not the worst job in the world at all. That's actually pretty fucking tame for bad jobs. There's no, there's no different than being any, any kind of butcher. Or a butcher. Yeah, yeah. any kind of butcher. Yeah, that's no different. Peeling away, then you're wrapping it all around. That's the pre- gut. That's pretty cool and intricate, to be fair. The fact that they fucking figured out to make violin strings out of sheep guts. They made all sorts of that's sheep pretty, guts. That, they condoms. I think that's pretty cool, that. That was a sheep's bladder, I think, or a pig's bladder. I know, well... If you, unless you're Welsh, in which case you left the bladder in the sheep and just fucked the sheep. <laughs> But, you know, loads of different body parts can be used for different things, can't they? That's what I'm saying. Who, who, who hey, come across these things? No waste. Yeah. I don't think that's the worst job. In the, I don't think that should be on the list as worst jobs. Well, I think, the, you know, you, you, your time rooting through a sheep's guts to get the, the good stuff is... You're getting paid for it, so who gives a fuck? It's still... You're getting paid to be a boss, you know. It's not one of the worst jobs, but it is still pretty shitty. It's not a nice job. No. But I, I don't think that should be on the list as such as worst jobs well done worse than that for fuck's sake mm-hmm. what about a bone grubber this one's nice isn't it <laughs> <laughs> sounds nice doesn't it victorian cities had a vast scavenging economy and the bone grubber fell somewhere in the middle of it these workers were scabbing rotting bones from butchers garbage piles and stockyards probably graveyards as well oh. mm-hmm. and would sell them to dealers some of the bones would eventually be made into toothbrush handles, children's teething rings, and other personal items. It's basically ivory, isn't it? That's that's what it is. That's it's just a, a a different a different method of ivory, in a roundabout way, isn't it? Well, it's cheap ass ivory. Yeah, it's a cheap it's a cheap version of ivory. Then again, recycling again. Children's teething rings, though. That's a bit creepy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, here our child, <laughs> suck on this bone teething ring. We, we don't know where it's come from. It's, yeah. your, gr- it's your granddad's knuckle. Yeah, it could have come from a plague pit, who fucking knows? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like the teeth, though, innit? They'd take the teeth out of the bodies, and, you know, after the Battle of Waterloo, women would be walking around London in what would be known as with Waterloo teeth in their mouth. Because mm. they'd go around the battlefield taking the teeth of the corpses, so I'd send them back home. Make yourself some dentures. Make yourself dentures. You'd have the people with missing teeth, like in the in the in the, Revol- in the Napoleonic British Army, like you'd have like four or five teeth on a denture plate, and they've got to collect some more after the battle, going for a full set. <laughs> <laughs> have you got have you got piss collectors on here? Probably, yeah, yeah, oh, we okay. have, yeah, yeah, the night soil guys, yeah. That's where like the saying came from, and that wasn't it. Taking the Be- piss, being piss poor as well. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. and taking the piss. Mudlarks. People still mudlark, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's more of an archaeological thing now. They do refer to themselves as mudlarks. The bottom of the Victorian scavenging economy. They walked over the riverbanks collecting bits of anything overlooked by other scavengers. So oh you just get in God. the you get in the fucking bits people don't want. Oh fuck! No, they got you got magnet throwers these days mm. as well. Magnet fishing is very yeah. popular. These people toiled in extreme poverty, often barefoot in the freezing water of a city's rivers. And you can imagine what the Thames was like in Victorian London. Oh, lovely. I reckon it was <laughs> well, lovely, a for a nice, lovely for a nice dip. You know, all that crap going out there, the dead bodies, rotting fish. Whatever anyone's thrown in there, really. Bit of skinny dipping wouldn't have gone on this, would it? Because <laughs> <laughs> people are crapping off the bridges at that point, aren't they? Still probably. <laughs> Public toilets are probably still mm. built into the sides of the bridges. Yeah, it just goes... All the industrial waste as well. Yeah. Because you've got the Royal Armoury smack on the river at that point as well, up river. So they're just pumping it, throwing chemicals and shit in there. Ah. Mm. Uh, Victorian London. I'd go back to Victorian London, but only as a, like, a, like an aristocrat. Would you be wearing a bubble? No. Some no. kind of protective bubble? No, I'd be, I'd be in a red coat with gold epaulets and a sash. That's a... <laughs> Just dressed like the Duke of Wellington, really. Yeah, I'm not going to live in the fucking... I'm not going to live with the mudlarks. <laughs> I'm going to high society, mate. Tanners. Probably the most disgusting job of all time, tanners. 
They perform the essential work of preserving hides from cattle, pigs, and other animals for use in manufactured goods. Did they have to do the peeling, did they? They weren't very appealing. But did they have to do hmm. the peeling? Yeah, I just yeah, they would probably, yeah. Peel all the animals. Yeah, you know well you'd or you'd be given the hides and you'd scrape them at least. Mm. Oh, right, okay. You scrape all that bit of fat off from the inside, yeah. But then you had to soak the hide in giant pits of lime to soften the hair and tissues, mm. and then all of that would be scraped off by hand. Oh. Did they used to use piss as well to yeah. Yeah. tan? The cleaned hide was then further re-immersed in a pit of water and dog crap oh. to further clean and soften it. Not always dog crap, you go with what you've got. So whatever crap you could find, really. Yeah. What's the crap doing then? It kind of softens it up. <laughs> Adds texture. Adds texture. Makes it nutty. <laughs> and of course, these pits were kept fermenting between batches of hides, so the Victorian tannery was one of the most revolting, wretched smelling places in history. But of course, it's one of them things people need. People need leather. It smells like shit. It doesn't smell like shit when they sell it. Ugh. But where you, you'd have to go to the tanner with a peg on your nose. Oof, dear. You wouldn't smell it after a while working there, would you? You would probably wouldn't, even as a visitor. Your nose, your sense of smell would have probably burnt away after mm. a week, to be fair. So yeah. You probably wouldn't. But, I mean, think about it. It's not like Victorian London was, like, a very pleasant-smelling <laughs> place. Sweet, rosy-smelling place. No, far I read from somewhere it. that even in New York, at the turn of the century, there was still about £30,000 of horse manure that needed to be cleaned out per day off the streets. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's ankle deep. And that's not and that's shit. And then you've got the piss. You know, mm. bit of blood. You've got cattle and stuff coming through the streets because they're taking them to the markets. You know, I imagine your sense of smell was probably quite immune to it. Mm. Not that that makes it any better. No. <laughs> Once it starts fermenting, though, that's a different kettle of fish, I think, isn't it? So that would be pretty pungent. If we went back there, oh, time travellers, we'd fucking We'd be sick it, instantly, yeah. like... Yeah. Just be retching. Yeah. Plus the smog. Saying that, I, I smelt some pretty foul fucking smells in Saudi. When you walk past some of the alleyways in Saudi Arabia, and you've got, like, a couple of... A couple of restaurants or something with the bins that have been outside for a week or two. They, they, honestly, there's no smell like that. I've never the worst bin you've ever smelt in this country. Mm. Times it by ten. I'm not exaggerating. So mm, I've probably smelt some similar kind of wretched smells before. Fifty degree heat and whatever in the bins decaying for a week or three. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Not nice. Well, moving away from smell. Yay! The Whipping Boy. Is some doubt about this is a real thing or not, but stories tell of boys who are educated in princes or child kings and received the punishments earned by their betters. Because they couldn't punish the, the prince or the child king. So royalty, you can't touch him. Can't, can't whip them. So he, he has a little so mate. if they were naughty, you'd whip his mate. Yeah, because yeah. he's a commoner. And that was where the whipping boy yeah, came from. And it was hoped that the, you'd hope that the prince or the child king wasn't a psychopath. Cared enough about yeah. his mate, yeah. or at least enough, or they at least. Might not even be his mate. They might just be like, "That's the whipping boy." Well, they become friends, and that's what they, you'd, you'd, you'd want to make. So it's actually friends. quite. It's actually quite a good job in that way. You know, you're a childhood friend of the of the future king. You yeah. probably get treated quite well yeah. compared you, to a lot of kids would. I mean, you might end up, like, getting a lordship or something. Yeah. Or at least being looked after in your later life, which is... You might have a few scars on your arse. You may, but then again, you'd be a fucking tough bastard, wouldn't you? <laughs> Depends how naughty the prince or princess <laughs> exactly. was, I guess. If he is a psychopath and he doesn't care about you at all... Then he's just going to... If you've got a Joffrey... I was, going, yeah. I was about to use Joffrey as an example. <laughs> if you've got a Joffrey, you're yeah. probably going to die. You don't want to be the whipping boy at all, <laughs> do you? No. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. Ooh, no. But yeah, I mean, I suppose it's just because it, it gets your family in with the royal family, doesn't it? I mean, especially if you're just some commoners. But what age yeah. do you not be the whipping boy then? I guess when, when he's I'd 16, imagine 16, yeah. yeah. When, when he's old enough to not be. When he takes the off. crown properly. Mm. I guess. 
16 usually for a, a man back then, wasn't it? Mm. Like we all own something that's made of wool. Mm. Wool fullers. They soften the cloth using human waste. No. Fullers who worked throughout history from ancient Rome to 15th century England. Now, untreated wool is oily, greasy and dirty and has a coarse and scratchy finish is way too harsh to wear. But back in the day, fullers used to soften the fibres by trampling over them in vats filled with aged urine. Aww. So if you know anybody with the surname Fuller, you say, all right, pissy feet. You could <laughs> indeed say that, yeah. As a side note, though, old pee was used for everything. Yeah, it really was. You can make explosives with it. And all sorts. Ammonia, you the build up a gas, isn't it? Mm. It, of course, it really did banish the grease from the wall, which is great. But it also means that someone's going to spend eight hours a day tramping up and down in a bucket of piss. And then <laughs> someone's got to wash him. Yeah, yeah. I suppose uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't like it. No, thank you for that. You'd one. have lovely soft feet, though. Mm. Doesn't exist anymore. What about an arming squire? So hold on. What do they use to soften wool now then? No idea, probably chemicals. Some chemical, chemical version of yeah, it. Yeah, it's a machine that does it, I guess. And a stomper. Yeah. Depending on where you are in the world. Because I bet there's still mm, parts of yeah. the world that still do it just yeah. like that. Probably is. Arming squires, in charge of keeping a knight's arm up to scratch, even while he was using it. Mm. Yeah, because you can have malfunctions, I should imagine, isn't it? Well, it's very much like a Formula One car, a pit lane. Right. You know, so he's the medieval equivalent of that. His job involves maintaining, fixing and applying a knight's armour, sometimes mid-battle. So if he loses a piece of armour, he's got to rush out with a replacement bit, <laughs> get it on, strap it into place. The knight's presumably going to duck back or try to duck back a little bit. Mm. If he can't... That's a bit of a risky business. It is a risky business. I'm not, not dying for they, this one. They've got no armour themselves, of course. Yeah, but think how many times you're in battle, not that often. Mm. I mean, I'd rather be doing that than the bucket of piss. I don't know, Mike. I mean, you're traipsing around medieval France with the English army following your knight, getting dysentery, yeah. suffering all the hardships, camping in the rain. At least you get to see the world. Well, you get to see a bit of northern France. Rather than Unless he goes on the Crusades, in which case you get to see a bit of that bit. So you need to sweat your balls off in 50 degree heat. Either way, shit job. Yeah. And the cleaning fluid you're given is not great, is it? No, it's piss. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, you've got to remove the blood, sweat, mud, other mess, bits of body tissue. You've got to keep their armour sparkly clean. Mm. Yeah, because it's all about his reputation, isn't it? If you're not doing a good enough job, he's going to beat the shit out of you. But one day you might get to be a knight. Because in theory, he should be teaching you how to fight as well. Because no one's no one's a 40-year-old squire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he'd be dead by then. It's a medieval period. Uh, I wouldn't fancy that one. Although it's, it's still not as, it's not as bad as the vomit collector. Mm. Or the tanner. But still, wouldn't fancy cleaning bits of body out of me, mate. Maybe no, the boss's I think it's one of the best we've been through so far. A pure finder. Because that's quite a recent one, isn't it? You know what yeah. I mean? I mean? It makes you think, fuck you now. So obviously, dog poo. <laughs> Use a drying agent by tanneries. And the rules of supply and demand mean that collecting dog poo became a full-time job for people called pure finders who roam their area on the hunt for dog droppings. <laughs> Why call them pure finders, yeah. though? I don't know. Trying to entice people into the job, isn't it? They didn't yeah. like the name of dog shit collector. No. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't getting many applications. The job was certainly dirty, but it was a very profitable and often enviable enterprise at the beginning before competition became too fierce. And then you've got people fighting over dog shit in the streets, I'd imagine. But why was it dirty, right? Because in them days, they, they had wheelbarrows of such. How did you get it in the wheelbarrow? Well, some sort of shovel. And if you haven't got a shovel? Sort. Well, you get one, don't you? You use your first just to buy one. And if you haven't? Well, well you, you use your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the savvy fucking shit collector gets a shovel from somewhere. 
Or shovels with a leaf. <laughs> or or uses some. Or, yeah, a some couple of sticks. A couple of fucking sticks. A pair of tongs out. Or you're messing around sticks. fixing your stick. Someone's come in, grabbed it with their hands, and thrown it on their car. Yeah, see you later. It's competition. They well, want I'm that. clean, so I don't care. You know, <laughs> why don't you just, just shit in your own car and say it's dog shit? Are they going to know the difference? How much shit are you shitting a day? Start taking it this from is the... Ben we're talking to. <laughs> start taking it from the... the you know, because it's open sewers. It's in medieval times. You just throw in the shit on the street. When you collect that, yeah. Just take you that. Just do your own. You ain't going to get me for you. Oh, my shit's quite big. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. King Kong shit, so... <laughs> Bigger than King Kong's first dump of the day. <laughs> Leech collecting... Not pleasant. That's not so messy, but certainly a bit shit. A bit bitey. You don't feel the bite on a leech, do you? You feel it when you pull it off, don't you? Yeah. It's still a bit bitey, though. Oh, definitely. You don't really feel it, I think, when you pull it off, do you? Because it's, they use antiseptic, don't they? Well, nowadays. I thought they used No, the leeches do. Anesthetic. Uh, yeah. I thought the leeches let go when they're full. They so can do that. Yeah. Say you were collecting... Or when they get burned. You should never burn them. They vomit. That's right. Put something back into you, don't they? So, the work, these leech collectors used to walk into leech-filled ponds and usher the little suckers into buckets. Yeah, you're going to become a victim of many leeches. You certainly are. And that's the point. They're going to stick to your legs before you get them in a bucket. People would, like, pass out and stuff because the leeches would just be draining their blood (laughs) for most of the day. Need more leeches. More leeches. I, I, thought blood, I thought bloodletting was good for you. <laughs> oh, look at it, Peaky. Better get a leech on him. Because <laughs> they use leeches now. Yeah. They do, yeah. For certain things that yeah. we know leeches are good for, at least. It stops the blood coagulating, yeah. doesn't it? Clotting. Thing is, I mean, bloodletting was hugely popular back in the 18th century. It's like, oh, I'm not feeling too peaky, bleed me. Pop to the barbers, get a haircut. Get bled. And a bleed. Yeah. Fucking crazy. That bit of blood, I Yeah, see our medieval medicine episodes. Well, yeah. That's true, we don't do that. But yeah, so they just end up passing out sometimes because the leeches have drained all the blood out their legs. Yeah, it's not a good job, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nitpicking. Tis what it says on the tin, I believe, isn't yep. it? Yep. Wigs, hugely popular at the time. Everyone had a powdered wig. Everyone could afford it. You know, the big white things, curly things going on. And lice often made their home in these curls, living off the dead skin that was trapped in the fibres. Can I just say about them wigs? Whoever thought that they looked good? Fashion changes, mate. I know, but come on. I know, yeah, I've always thought that. I was like, why did, you know... Back then, they could only they couldn't wash their own hair, so why did they put some more <laughs> hair on top of the hair that they couldn't even wash? How ridiculous and putting fake hair on your head. Yeah. Add, adding hair that's not your own and hair. Getting the nicks. How I ridiculous. And mm. Merkins is a different matter. No, it, it, they did look silly, didn't they, those things? They did, didn't and they? And they started off with a bald guy or something, and he had one, and they were like, oh, all oh, right. You know. well, it would have been... The king or the somebody king high or up, yeah. did it? And then everyone copies them, don't they? Mm-hmm. The bigger the barn, it, the the more higher standing yeah, you were or something. What it, I what think, it was, wasn't it? it? Ridiculous. Well, men have always been looking for a way to cover up their boarding spots. You know, Caesar, the laurel wreath that Caesar wore, he didn't wear that because he was the emperor. He wore it because, number one, it looked like he was the emperor. It was fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And number two, he was receding. And the laurel wreath covered up the sides of his head where he was receding. That's why all the, all the Roman emperors wore that because Caesar was boarding. <laughs> you yeah. know, so never underestimate so the male ego. Wore, everyone wore them wigs because the king was boarding. Yeah. yeah, I bet it went something like that. Yeah. Either way, I wouldn't fancy sitting there combing through someone's wig. No. Getting the nits out. Because you know they've got nits anyway, and you've got nits. It's a never-ending job. <laughs> Keeps you in a job. It certainly does. Well, if you have ever looked down the back of your sofa for some misplaced coins, the work of a tosha, a tosha, was basically a far grosser version of that. Replace the word sofa with sewer and coins for rags and scrap metal. Oh. Oh. 
This is probably the worst one, isn't it? Rags that people probably wipe their ass with. I'd rather be the ones on the side of the river in it than these ones. Yeah, this is the sewer. I know. Uh, oh, look, he's got like a sieve. <laughs> and let's not forget the rats. Let's not forget those giant black pigs that were trotting around in 18th century London living in the sewer. Mm. See the sewer monsters yeah. episode? Yeah, yeah. The fat birds. The fat birds. There'll be probably four of them. Oh, <laughs> probably oh, weren't an be issue fat, in them nah, days. There won't be fat yeah, birds back then. Yeah, but not to, the, not to the, you know. The extent of now. Yeah. They didn't have deep fat fries and shit like that in them days, did they? They'd have cooked too fat though, wouldn't they? Not so much. 19th century London. Do you reckon they've got chip shops then? No. no. 19th century London, real mishmash of extreme wealth and extreme poverty. While some residents were struggling to eat, others were accidentally throwing their riches down the toilet in the form of dropped coins and misplaced trinkets. I'm always dropping <coughs> trinkets down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you wealthy bastard! You've got trinkets! Groups of toshers began to scavenge the sewers in search of flushed finances, metal and rags. Often led by an experienced elderly pro who knew every nook and cranny of London's grimiest gold mine. Oh God. So is that like a Fagin, like a bunch of cockney... You're not lovable cockney pickpockets anymore, you're toshers, get down that yeah. sewer. Yeah. sewer Fagin. Sewer Fagin, yeah. yeah. Technically illegal, this job, but the pay was good. Apparently, up to $20,000 a year in today's money. Cool. That's all right, isn't it? But average, isn't it? Just under. You could make an average living wage. Well, not even that now, is it? But you could make a living wage, basically, on it. Right, down the sewers tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God, you're going to get crushed by a fat berg. <laughs> so I can find. A couple of giant gators. <laughs> uh, on to my ancestors. Yeah. The plague bearers. The carters. First middle class, mate. First middle class. Of course he works. Like, They're in demand. In demand. Supply and demand. You need a body shifting. I've got a car. <laughs> Pay up. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you will be soon. Burials have been organised by community leaders like church wardens pre-plague, but obviously that workload spiralled well out of control after the disease stormed into London and Britain, let's face it. 60% of the population of Britain died. As a result, the government hired plague bearers in July of 1665, and their job was to search for, carry and bury the plague dead. And they were housed in churches to keep them separate from the rest of society. I would want to touch them. Would anyone else want to touch no. them? I'm hoping I'd, my ancestors had them really sweet-ass fucking plague masks with the beak. <laughs> yeah. the doctors had them. Yeah, but these you, you got the money to buy them. Carrying a scented apple in their pocket, an orange scented orange in their pocket. Do you know how to make one of them in primary school? No. Oh, I did. I remember it. We we did the, the plague in primary school. Mm. The, the great. We went to some medieval house or something like that. They had us make these app, these oranges. You had to stuff like cloves oh, and and herbs into, and that was meant to. Protect. We had to walk around with that because it was all role play. You know, go, they've come fleeing from the plague, kind of thing, you know. Yeah, that was quite, that was interesting, but either way, yeah. Apart from the obvious risk of infection, the plague bearers also had to contend with the unquenchable stench and fest of endless corpses. You know what, think of that fucking money. Oh, I just want to, what, what would you do? You wouldn't want to go near him in case you got the plague, would you? You don't know whether it's, well, yeah. you know. They're, they're handling the plague bodies, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. How was it? How was it, Pastor? Fleas. Yeah. So fleas are probably on their dead bodies and jump on you. I, I imagine a lot of them probably got the plague. That's why they're, they're constantly in demand. That's why stubbornness is a family trait. <laughs> <laughs> a dangerous job, then. Yeah, I'd say so, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would say so. But at least I mean, handling dead bodies is anyway, pretty dangerous yeah. anyway, but... Especially in when there's a, the, the plague trying around, the Black Death. Oh, not everyone got it, that's the thing. Just 60% of the people died from it. But it was like there was. So there was we'll, we'll do a series on the plague one day because it is quite interesting. I'm, 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 I'm a bit unsure. Why didn't you didn't just drag the body out into the street and burn it there and then? Christian burials. 
I know, yeah, but, you know, we've got something on our hands here that isn't, you know... They didn't know, did they? They didn't know how it transmitted. They didn't yeah. know where it came from. They just thought it was bad smells. It was a choice between bad smells, the Jews poisoning the water. God, well, there's those lows. Mainly the miasma. Mm. It was, you know, when you you, you see a you see a field at night and it gets that low-forming fog. fog yeah. That's like a, like a miasma, they used to call that. And that was what caused it. That's what they think caused it. That's what they thought caused it. Oh. Yeah. Still. Cars in demand. It's probably where my, that's where my name comes from, in all yeah. fairness. I imagine so. Yep. Those business savvy fuckers. <laughs> Do anything for a quick book. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, if you were a social climber in the Royal Court of England, you probably aspired to attain the coveted position of the groom of the stool. Mm, you comb the king's poop. <laughs> no, you have sex with it after talking to it for a while online. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> The position was invented by Henry VIII, of course it was. Henry the Seventh. Oh, Henry the Seventh. Sorry, yeah. of course it was. Got to be a Tudor. Mm. During his reign, to oversee pretty much every aspect of his bowel movements. Well, it's to do with his poo. I don't think it was, but yeah, it, is. it is. Yeah. Yeah. From addressing the king's diet to witnessing the act itself. Oh. So you've got to stand next to him when he has a shit, and then you've got to have a look at his shit to see if it's healthy Very or not. Very good, sir. Very good, sir. Nice and solid, nice. Nice solid kingly log, that one. Would you make a little paper crown and put it on it? <laughs> oh, it's not flushing, is it? It's just. I suppose you, you do it in the chamber pot and you take it out and empty yeah, it. Yeah. But you put a little paper crown on ones that are particularly nice. <laughs> Oddly enough, the job was considered highly prestigious. After all, you get to spend one on one time with royalty. Yeah. Mm. yeah. In his most intimate position. You are literally his newspaper. Or whatever it is you and choose. And protect her because you're in a pretty vulnerable position. You're never, a shaft. never more vulnerable than when you're shitting. And you're an influencer to the king. Mm. Yeah. You've got his ear. Literally, you've got yeah. his, no one else is in that room with you. Yep. You've got the privacy of the king every day. You'd have to entertain him though, wouldn't you? <laughs> you've got to entertain him, that's the thing. Because if you're in there... Tickling his balls while he's having the shit. Yeah. No. Why did you go straight to tickling his balls? <laughs> Just be witty, have some conversation. I guess no, you'd no. do whatever he told you to do. Yeah. What do you think about war with France, my lord? My liege? Oh, no, I don't know. know. Tickle my balls. <laughs> 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 Mike, you do have a bit of Henry VIII about you with that beard. With that red beard. <laughs> How many wives have you executed so far? <laughs> yeah, Mike, where is your fifth wife? Mm, <laughs> Who's that new person? <laughs> You'll never find the heads. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's it. You can influence his political decisions. Yep. And shockingly, the role was still going strong until 1901 when Edward VII ended the practice. Although that's the same Edward VII I'm thinking of. He used to spend a lot of time in a brothel in Paris and invented a fellatio chair. I thought that was Henry VIII that did the old fellatio chair. No, no, it's it's. Well, it could be, but they've definitely got... I'm sure they've got one of his in a museum somewhere. Mm. A chair. I think he might have invented a particular style of fellatio chair. He'd get three people on it. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got a chair, and the bloke sat in the chair, right? And, it, and then it's got like an angled up bit yeah, here. Yeah, for them to kneel on to get to suck. Yeah. And behind that, some on some of them, there's like little padded knee rests, leg rests, for them to lean in and lick whoever's giving the blowjob. Oh. Interesting. First human centipede. Effectively, yes. <laughs> a, a 69er machine, then. Kind of. a machine, it's just a, it's just a piece of furniture. Yeah, or sometimes it, you know, if it's a... Yes. Or if you're in for a bit of rimming, you could get ones where you lie underneath their ass, I guess. Yeah. Yes. They all sorts, aren't they? Not when you're the groom with a stool, though. I bet you get invited to one of Edward the Seventh's orgies. You don't want to be doing, you don't be licking his ass. Oh, no, no, you wouldn't be licking his ass. Although, technically, I guess it is your job to clean him. Because oh. <laughs> I bet he's not wiping himself. Oh, well, yeah, of course not. No. Wipe now, Jeeves. With your tongue, Jeeves. 
<laughs> I didn't appreciate your suggestion about invading France. Use your tongue. <laughs> royal cloth, wasn't there? A bit of silk for the yes. king, surely. Your dancing did not please me. <laughs> Who pinks the toilet? <laughs> Probably fucking big. This is the king in a royal palace. Yeah. It's probably like the size of this flat. If, if they did it now, would you have a large toilet and a stripper pole invented in front of the toilet so you could just sit there and have a lap dance? Yep. Why not? <laughs> you know, the king... It might be hard to take a shit because you'd be concentrating on other things probably. Yeah. You'd be, you'd be wanting to get it out of the way, wouldn't you? Maneuvering <laughs> swiftly. I'm on. going to the toilet. Bring my toilet strippers. <laughs> it's good to be the king. All right, I think we've got plenty here, uh, so plenty more to come. To be fair, and look at the time. I think we'll to make this a two-part. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a good plan. We got some fucked-up facts instead, though, Mike. Yep. Theme right. tune, please. Are we actually going to get the theme tune this week? Yeah. Lisa's <laughs> <it's> recovered. <laughs> <laughs> Facts, 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 facts. Beautiful. 16th century astronomer Tycho Brahe had a pet moose who died when he fell down the stairs drunk. Who? The moose was drunk and yeah. fell down the stairs? Yeah. Aww. This is a Finnish guy, you say? No. Danish. Danish. Well, they're quite mad at times. Yeah. They were mad. They're not so mad nowadays, are they, the Danes? Have they got it all out of their system yeah. in the Middle Ages? This same guy used to host parties and have dwarves carrying drinks trays, didn't they, and things like that. Didn't he have a golden nose? He did. He had a golden nose as well. Golden nose? What yeah, he like, lost his nose somehow when he had a like, jewel. A jewel? A sword, yeah. Yeah, his nose cut off in a jewel, that's it. So he had a golden prosthetic made. <laughs> He was a mad... It wouldn't surprise me he would get his pet moose drunk. I think everyone was drinking booze then. And he died because his bladder burst. The moose? No, the astronomer. Oh. Because he was too... It wasn't etiquette to leave the table. He needed a piss real bad and held it in too long. Ah. And that killed him. Wow. It wasn't etiquette to leave the table. Never. <laughs> Can I actually throw in a fucked up fact? Yep. Have a guess, the last time the Great Wall of China was defended with nothing but swords, spears and martial arts. Oh. Ten years ago? No. Yeah, no. 1933. Oh, right. Against the Japanese. Found that out today, I was like, wow. Because it's, uh, it's the Indians and the Chinese, isn't it, that fight with sticks? That's right, yeah. Yeah, they're not allowed firearms on the border, so they yeah. hit each other. They can have blades. Yeah. They say they have hand-to-hand combat fights That's on the board. That's fair. It's more fair, I think. <laughs> if, they, if someone breaks a gun, it's an international incident. Mm. Obviously, if a soldier gets shot. But if he's all got his body armour and his helmet on and he's got, like, a fucking machete, then he's probably not going to die. I've always found it a bit fairer, you know, hand-to-hand combat, innit? Your people are better than their people. The only thing that I didn't find fair about back in the day is if that that army turns up with like X amount of thousand, and then the other people have only got like mm. one thousand. That's well, not, that's, that's, should a, be... that's a general sort of hazard of fighting a battle, though, isn't it? Being outnumbered. Well, no, no. I think battles should be like, well, like, well, we'll put our thousand men in, you'll put your thousand men in. But if I've got thirty thousand men, why should I care what you think? Because I'm going to conquer you. And exactly, I'm going to kill you so... all. You can you can join me or die. I'm a conqueror. I've got a vast well, army behind me. I, I think it should be more like you know, one on one. Well, not more like a game. Like I'll put my best thousand men in. You put your best, and we'll winner you know, takes all. Winner takes the land or whatever you you know. They could have done it like that back in the day and they, saved a lot of lives. There People, probably was a bit of that though, wasn't there? They did used to. Well, all right, let's go through it. Honourable Let's, let's unpack it. You'd have your champions who would go out and sort the whole thing out. So your best guy, your best guy, they have a fight, one dies, we'll fuck off. You know, they do it that way. You win, kind of thing. If you were doing the Middle Ages, you'd have a, you might have a, a lethal tournament with your opposite number of knights. Yeah. Right, so you, you 50, say it's 15 on one side and 20 on the other, to make it honourable, because it's a, you know, it's tournament rules but with death. Yeah. You know, okay, we'll send those five guys back. And we'll have 15 on 15. Yeah. Yeah. It would save a lot of hassle, Claire, but then what, you just do the champions thing, couldn't you? But if if my thousand guy, if I've got another 29,000 dudes, and I've just killed, like, most of your guys, it's going to stop me taking what I want anyway. 
Well, is there? Yeah, that's bully tactics and... Join me or die. If you'd have joined me, there wouldn't be this problem. Yeah. <laughs> right, go on then, Mike, sorry. Next fact. Yep. Yeah. In 2022, the average speed of a car in central London was around nine miles per hour. Wow, I was going to say eight. So, yeah, yeah. I've heard that something. I've, I've heard that. In 1908, the average speed of a horse-drawn carriage was around 10 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> that's progress for you. Man, so what happens if you get a horse, a horse and carriage in central London nowadays? Nine miles an hour. Yeah, I was just going to raz through between lanes. Just get one of the electric push bikes and just do like 15, 20 mile an hour everywhere. That's what we did. Yeah, and get in and out of all the traffic. Mm-hmm. Dangerous as fuck, <laughs> but kind of fun. One species of African crocodile moves like a cow. That'd be disconcerting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Moves like a cow. Moves. Moves moves like a cow. Yeah. I (laughs) thought you said moves. Moves like a cow. Because you'd be there, like, laying your tent, and you'd hear this, mmm, you think, oh, there's just some cows nearby. And and then next thing you know, he's got your foot and he's dragging you out. Snap, snap. (laughs) Dragging you into the fucking river. Exactly. Oh, man. Some very big teeth you've got, Mr. Cow. Someone fly a helicopter over so they're all start fucking. <laughs> In the Middle Ages, Oxford students were so violent that they made the city England's murder capital. <laughs> Where, sorry? In Oxford in the Middle Ages, mm. students. The murder rate was about 50 times higher than in English cities today. Wow. All those, all those toffs, all those oiks. Yeah. Do you think that was jewels as well? Mm, must have been. Must have been. Mainly. You should bring back jewels. Things would be a lot easier. I challenge thee to a duel. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. Get okay. your glove out. And yeah, you can. A glove slap would obviously mean that, you know, that's like to the death. Ooh. I think. It, I don't know if it did, but I, I think a glove slap is sufficient humiliation that it's to the death. Mm. Would you go pistols or swords? Swords. Yeah, me too. More civilised. Yeah. Lightsabers, preferably. <laughs> We've got real lightsabers. No, but in the future, maybe we will have We can bring Julian back. I don't think we will. I don't think we're that far off lightsabers, are we? The guy at Disney, I'm sure they've made one. It doesn't obviously just cut through everything, but they've made it so you can hold the hilt and the beam of light stays. I'm sure they have. Nah, I don't think they'll ever make them. They should do. Nah, we're too we're dangerous without them. Just imagine what it could cause. The gangs of London with them. Well, you don't give them to everybody. Take a different yeah, fucking you don't step give them to, to knife the Jedi, party. obviously. <laughs> no, they're a dangerous cult. Because no, Mike would have one, apparently. Because <laughs> they're a dangerous cult who kidnap children. You know, Jedi advised Chancellor. Because <laughs> I'd be a Sith. <laughs> <laughs> They don't enslave children until they're into stormtroopers, do they? No. Yeah, they get clones, don't they? No, not later on. They take so, children. Anyway, enough of the spoilers of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Next. The fact, unlike most Western homes, the value of houses in Japan depreciates by an average of half every ten years. Why? Wow. Because the the building's old, or I don't know why. I'm assuming they must have a decreasing population, and they have. Yeah. Yeah, the Japanese could be there's a lot of houses extinct as a race. Yeah, there's a lot of houses on the market, so there's more supply than demand. Let's go move to Japan. Do you think there might be a? Yeah, but then your house is going to be worth. Don't matter. You got a house. Do you think <laughs> that there might be a tech aspect to it? Yeah, that's what you're saying. But it's not an investment, is it? No, but it's somewhere to live. Yeah. Do you think there's a tech aspect to it? The Japanese are quite tech savvy, aren't they? Mm. The older your house, the less likely it is to support the gadgets that you want. Mm. Potentially. Without doing like significant renovation to it. You know, something like that maybe, I don't know. It's they're going to have to take a movement of, you know, as a people, aren't they, to, to overcome that issue, whatever it is. You know? They start fucking is what they need to do. In a 2016 survey, Americans were asked which famous non-presidential figure they would like to see added on the fifth 
face on my Rushmore. Oh, go on. I'm going to say The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Oh, yes. Schwarzenegger. No, I haven't got either of those. Britney Spears. I don't know the full list. All I know is that Donald Trump ranked fifth. Never. Okay, he wasn't president at the time, no. so. Below Jesus Christ. No, we don't want that. Jesus. That's a bit much, isn't it? But above Mickey Mouse. Ah. I don't know if I'd want Mickey Mouse fucking gahoring at me from <laughs> fucking Mount Rushmore. Have you ever seen that from quite far so out who is as a the picture? Most, it looks fucking hideous. Know. Is it? Yeah. What does it say? No. Who would you have? Like them lot. Car- I'd, have, I'd have Kylie Minogue. No, which American would you have? Any any American you could have. Which one would you, wasn't president? Which one would you Jennifer have? Jennifer Aniston. Kylie Minogue's ass. <laughs> Still an Australian ass. <laughs> Jennifer um, Aniston. You'd have Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. But it would have to be like, not just the head. Like the you, full, it's only the head. The full body statue of her. It's only the head, sorry. You only get the head. That's a very pretty woman. Oh. Only wants the head. <laughs> <laughs> or... Sandra Bullock. Alright. <laughs> Anyone else got to throw one out there? That's... I don't think it's going to be a female. They're going to put another Gary Boosie. Gary Boosie. <laughs> Imagine doing them to no, you. 20 say, men today died when they fell off Gary Boosie's front left say, there's, there's, not enough, there's not enough cliff for them teeth, is there? There's not enough spare cliff. Definitely not. <laughs> is Lincoln on there? On Mount Rushmore? I can't remember no. no, I don't think so. That's a shame. Or Lincoln's bodyguard looking at him dreamily, so they'd always be together. Charlie Sheen, then. Charlie Sheen it is. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson doing that weird, wide-eyed stare oh, he does. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, everyone loves Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> He's in everything, you might as well put him on Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. He'd be the first black man on Mount Rushmore as well. Yeah. Although I'd definitely go Arnie, maybe Sly. See, I Not think American Arnie. though, is he Arnie? Well, he's, he's an American citizen. Amer- he's an adopted American. Mm. He was governor of California, for God's sake. Yeah. Governator. He, he would have been a good president, I think. I think, but because he was not British, eh, British, because he's not American mm. born, can't be, can he? Bit of a daft law, really, it considering is, the first founding fathers wouldn't <laughs> technically aren't American no. citizens. Weren't American citizens, were they, when they were born? He'd make a good president, he would have. Yeah. Probably a little bit past it now, maybe. I don't know if he's still a few sav- interviews recently. He's still savvy, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a Republican as well. He is a Republican. But the, the, and he doesn't like, doesn't like Trump, does he? No. Does not like Trump. I mean, have you ever seen, did you see that documentary on him on Netflix? Yeah. The drive that man has, Jesus. Yeah. Amazing. Never, yeah. never experienced anybody with that a level of drive in my entire life. The New Zealand Symphony Orchestra has teamed up with a local chicken farm. Right. To play chicken-friendly music to improve the lives of chickens. Have they got nothing better to do? <laughs> I don't know that it's chicken-friendly. That's a valid point. That's it. I guess it's trial and error. The chickens either lay lots of eggs and they're all happy, yeah. or they don't. They're pecking each other and yeah, we got fights. Yeah, chicken riot. Put some like heavy rock on and they're like pecking each other's eyes out. <laughs> Mosh pit. Well, I need to know where the chickens like Mozart now. Bet there's a study mm. on it. Google it later. The New Zealand Symphony Orchestra not got many fucking gigs lined up or something. Clearly not. Okay, final fact. Go on then. Can anyone guess how many parking spaces there are in the US? 745,443. Nope, it's higher. Millions, isn't it? Yeah, it's got to be like, I don't know, 500 million. Higher. Why? Because there's only 300 odd million people who live there. A billion. Higher. Higher than a billion. Three billion. No, not and three lower. Two. Yep, yeah, two billion. So two billion parking spaces for three hundred and fifty million. Three hundred and fifty million. Times that by two. And that's but that's people. Yeah, times well, you're probably looking more about three eighty million by now, aren't you? How many cars are in there? Or nearly four hundred million? Yeah, alright. So So say, times that by two for every for cars, yeah. What, every e- person has every, two cars? I think every every family usually has two cars. Yeah, but and the kids learn to drive younger. People. Yeah, but there's 
that 380 million Americans isn't isn't 380 million families. No, I'm just saying it's a rough estimate times yeah, it by two. Times every, it ho- by two. every household's got a car. That's still only 700 million. Exactly, and then so. Yeah, but why would you times it by two? I'm just thinking every household has at least one car, and you obviously some don't, some but do, some have more. Yeah, but 380 million. You got three. You divide got that by say three, because the average the average family say mum dad one child yeah so you divide that 380 million by three so 100 130 million call it so that's 130 million cars there's more cars than that in america i'm telling you kids learn to drive in school all right yeah, call it 300 million then because most of the people drive i still think people oh there's but either way 300 million there's two billion but that's you've got to have parking space where they live parking space where they work parking space where they shop Parking space yeah. where they hospital car parking, yeah, airport car well, parking. Well, you could probably say the same for us. We've probably got a lot more parking spaces we've got than half a billion. We've probably got more spaces than people. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's probably not surprising when you think of it like that. God, they'll just allocate a sort of car parking space one day, and we'll just have to live in it. I would just think of all that wasted space just for parking cars. They're not all using it, like you say. There's only. 100 million cars, say. Yeah. Mad, isn't it? Well, but I suppose you've got tourism as well. But yeah, you've seen the, picture, the overhead picture of SeaWorld, haven't you? No. The size of the, the, the car parking spaces in comparison to like the, the whale tanks and that. It's like this big and then the whale tanks are like that big and all that's car parking. Mm. Bear in mind, no one can see what you did with your hands there. I know, yeah. Who's listening? There Basically, like the, huge the size, of, expanse. The size of a dinner plate and the size of a, a sprout. <laughs> the sprout being the pool, the dinner plate being the car park. Yeah. yeah. And at any one point, was probably what? Oh, God. About a quarter of all the. Probably, probably less than that. A quarter, was there a quarter of all cars on the road at one point? Mm. They're just sitting there. So a lot of empty space, if you, if you amalgamated it and put it all together, there's probably a hell of a lot of empty space, oh. isn't there? That's why we need Johnny Cabs, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, when you think that we're going to need farmland, like more farmland, and we're just tarmacking over it and parking our cars there, we're probably going to need that. So we need the, you need the Johnny Cabs, don't you? You stole the power and trot around. Put up a parking lot. Till it's gone. Pave paradise and put up a parking lot. There you go. And she and that was thirty years ago that song. Mm. Yeah, it was shit then, it's shit now, isn't it? Relevant, song. Great song. Great lyrics. Very poignant li- yeah. lyrics that are coming to fruition. Yeah, as long as there's no more horses. Right. And on that my <laughs> garbage song that is. Garbage, it no is more horses. Great song. Sounds like garbage to me. Yeah. Uh, I can't even remember who sang that parking lot song. A woman. The well done. <laughs> uh, right, on that bombshell, I've been bad. Thanks for listening. Don't do the favour, rain, don't join a call. I'll be right next for listening. Peace out, may the force be with you. And I've been Pete. Take care of yourselves. Till next time.